Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we're stirring things up a bit with another of our special segments. It's time for another thrilling episode of Ask Me Anything. (laughs) Now, um, if you're new to the Deal Room Podcast, let me give you a quick rundown. Our Ask Me Anything segment is where I dive into the questions that you, our incredible listeners, send in. And not just your questions, we also feature queries from our fabulous guests and those interesting nuggets we encounter during our day-to-day practice. So here's your chance to have your burning questions answered. Email us at podcast at aspectlegal.com.au. We're eagerly awaiting your queries. And don't worry, you'll find the link in the show notes to that for easy access as well. So look, don't hold back. We're open to talking about anything and everything on this podcast. So buckle in because it's time for another thrilling edition of Ask Me Anything. Yeah, Joan, I was was really wondering um, what you're seeing in the market uh, in terms of... um, the number of transactions that are done as as business asset sales versus share sales, I, I think I'm seeing and hearing in the market that there is a, a slight increase in the number of transactions that uh, are done under a share sale um, and was keen to sort of have a bit of a chat to you about your, your thoughts around how to sort of protect everyone in that um, in that process in terms of ensuring that everyone involved understands the, the difference in value of you know, typically as a broker, you you would uh, appraise the value of a business based on a, a transfer of business assets, uh, whereas a, a you know a share sale will you know still have that that value as its basis, but but will be will be a different number by the time it gets to be a share sale. And just to make sure, firstly from a value point of view, and then from the point of view of where liability sits, etc. Obviously, if you acquire an entity, you acquire all its history. Uh, warts and all, and uh, and therefore, again, from a legal point of view, it's really important that everyone has their eyes open with respect to uh, what happens and how liability is ascribed, you know, pre and post transaction, that sort of thing. Are you seeing the same in the market? Yeah, look, we I, I, I wouldn't say that we're seeing more share sales than we have in the past, but we have always seen a lot of share sales. So we do, so it, and it depends the market that you're talking about. So in like the sub $1 to $2 million market, still uh, predominantly business sales for, for good reason, because there's the complexity that you talk about with share sale, which is this extra body of risk that a buyer is taking on. Um, but in that $2 million plus market, we've always had a um, a large proportion of that market be share sales and still still the same. The the over uh, overriding reason for that, so so there can be buy side driving reasons, sell side driving reasons. The sell side driving reasons are often um, the reason for it in that sort of in that um, say that two to twenty million dollar market and and the sell 
for, for that smaller end of the um, of that mid market, it's driven by tax considerations in particular for for sell side because there can be big tax differences for sellers in a share sale versus a business sale. Um, from a buyer side perspective, the driver for um, buyers who are particularly after share sale versus business sale is um, a ease of transition of the value in the business. So that might be, um, th there might be components of value, like for example, client, um, client contracts, um, client panels that, um, uh, you, you know, the, the seller, uh, might have or other, um, other elements of value in a business that can potentially leak if you have to transfer the assets one by one, which is what a business sale um, is all about. So we we find sophisticated buyers actually aren't particularly concerned about share sales. It's it's more um, buyers who have, um, I guess, who themselves aren't um, uh, aren't used to buying a business or perhaps deal with advisors who have less exposure to this area who are more concerned about share sales than the sophisticated buyers or the larger buyers. But having said that, there is no, um, it, it's really important to understand one of the things that I've realised, you know, in the last year or so is that um, brokers perhaps don't quite understand the complexity jump that happens with a share sale. <clears throat> over and above a business sale. And it, there really is a complexity jump. Unfortunately, that sort of can lead to longer negotiation period when, once you're in contract because we have more complex contracts generally. Um, when we're in a share sale, we have um, more uh, a more stringent regime of uh, warranties. Uh, we've got more warranties and then we've got, you, you know, um, more scary sounding warranties as well in, in a share sale environment. But the reason for that is because a buyer is protecting itself against those skeletons that it's, it's buying and, and, you know, some of those driving things attacks or, um, you, you know, um, the, I guess dispute and litigation risk. Yeah. Um, that sort of lower end of the market, um, where the, the sort of the bottom end of where the share sales, uh, click in generally, you saying a, a, a um, uh, rep and warranty insurance being used in uh, in completing transactions at that end of the market. I know the larger deals, it's it's been a fixture for a long time. But uh, are you seeing it applied to to smaller deals in the let's say the two to ten million dollar range? Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely are. This is a new. We've got um, an insurance sister company of Aspect Lego that that does this type of insurance, transaction liability insurance. Actually, you perhaps didn't even know that in asking the question, but there you go. That wasn't a blatant a, plug a, for you, no, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's some um, one of the reasons we have that is because I think it's really important to um, uh, this type of insurance isn't for everyone. It's not necessarily necessary for all deals, but we have certain deals where we have sellers who are particularly risk averse or buyers who have particular concerns. And this type of insurance can be very useful um, in, in in those sorts of situations. But it's, uh, as you rightly point out, it's um, it has been um, a feature of the mid-market deals <clears throat> for a long period of time. There's nothing new there. and But mostly in those mid-market deals, you're talking about a 
very large premium. You know, I, I was talking to a broker uh, just last week and they were talking about the last deal that they did. The the um, premium was $150,000. So that's that's a lot to add on to any transaction. Um, but but um, and usually that's buy side. So buyers will take out that that insurance. The 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 SME products um, that our insurance uh, sister business deals in um, deals. It's just sell side. It's not buy side insurance. But that's not to say that a buyer can't um, uh, can't sort of negotiate to have the seller take out the insurance, and it still acts as. Um, you know, effectively security for them in terms of having funding backing the warranties, which is, of course, you know, can be of concern to a buyer in relation to the protection under the warranties. But we're looking at much, much cheaper costs. So we're looking, you can get it down to as um, low as 10K for every mil of cover. So, of course, if if you're in a, um, and that's for seven years cover. So if you're in, you know, um, a transaction where there's a million dollars Worth of um, of exposure under the um, under the warranties, then you're paying ten thousand for that. Obviously, that's a completely different cost point to our hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy. So, um, you know, I, I think it's great for we we find it's particularly useful. As I say, not needed in all deals by any stretch of the imagination, but really good where sellers have this real concern um, about the risk that they're taking on board, and you know that can be that whole you know, can't sleep well at night um, element, you know, when sellers feel that, that they're, 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 their proceeds are exposed. Um, and and so it's just that I, I think it's just a nice policy to help get over some of those hurdles in the negotiation of warranties. Certainly sits on both sides of the transaction, doesn't it? Uh, you know, typically at the smaller end of the market, the buyer would, uh, would see some risk in terms of being able to um, claim successfully claim against a, um, you know, a warranty uh, in, in terms of, you know, whether the money's still there. So it's certainly got a valid, you know, valid place. So it's, and it's good to hear that it's um, coming down into the um, into the, the smaller end. I mean, that's what I'm seeing as well. But, you know, uh, you kind of see quite a broad, broad, broad spectrum of the market. So, yeah, thanks. Well, it's quite. Exciting. I think it's exciting. I, um, uh, I, I think it's exciting in the market, but it's um, it, it's a great mechanism as well for you know have those sometimes those negotiations where a buyer wants retention or hold back, and and you know so there's this money that's sitting on the table that's frozen effectively for you know two years, three years, whatever the period is. You know, this is a great way to release that. Um, those funds to the seller as well. So anyway, I think it's great. And it is great development, isn't it? It's um, back when I was, you know, in, in my public company days, uh, the CFO roles that I've done, um, the transactions tended to be, you know, much larger. And um, a lot of the sorts of tools that we use uh, in that, that larger, more sophisticated end of the market are finding finding their equivalent uh, in the the middle market, the lower middle market, which is which is a tremendous evolution. Isn't it? It, is, I think. it really mm. is. Like it's, de- I, I find yeah. it deeply exciting. I don't know. Like we, but perhaps we're sitting here a bit nerdy, Richard. I don't know. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounding like we're definitely sounding like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, fabulous. The only other question I had for you, Joanna, was sort of a bit of a corollary as part of where we wandered into on the last question, which was uh, again around whether you're seeing uh, more use of at risk components in um, in deals uh, I, I am and hearing again in the market that there's a you know greater 
use of uh, earnouts and those those sorts of structures uh, in deals. I, I guess it it relates a bit to um, you know to access to funding to complete deals, but also uh, also relates to I guess if we wind the clock back a couple of years and see what external events can can do in terms of the risk profile of businesses, people are I guess understandably looking at. Uh, potentially creating protection around the, the asset that they're looking to acquire. So are you seeing, you know, more at-risk components in deals? Absolutely, mm. absolutely we are. Um, I would say more than 90% of our $2 million plus deals will have an earn out or some sort of at-risk component um, at the moment, which is astounding actually. So almost every deal we do these days um, we'll, we'll have a component. I, I mean, you know, there's still the odd one that comes in, um, that doesn't, but mostly uh, when we're talking about dealing with, um, sophisticated buyers, even not, um, even first time buyers now have found their way into the market with using, um, a lot more of the, and it's smaller deals. This is the thing that really, um, gets me. Usually it was, um, on our side, the, the larger the deal, the more likely it was that it had an at-risk component or, an, you, you know, like an out-deferred payment, whatever, milestone, whatever it was. But um, but I'm now seeing it um, leak into smaller deals um, quite a lot more than I ever had in the past. So we used to have, you know, I feel like deal complexity has um, increased uh, really, you, you know, for the smaller deals, because there was always that complexity in larger deals, but I just feel like that, 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 ex, that uh, deal complexity for smaller deals has, you know, exponentially increased over the last few years. And hopefully that's all for good reason. It probably is. And as I say, my sense, it's because of a, a heightened perception of, you know, future risk, et cetera. Um, but I, I find, and again, just sort of seeking your thoughts, that it's it's very important to work hard with all sides of a deal to ensure that when you're structuring an earn out that you're, you're creating a measure that is appropriate to the circumstances uh, to which it's going to be applied. Um, you know, I guess in a simple sense, looking at a revenue versus gross margin versus net margin based sort of metric and, and figuring out what is both going to support the business, support the seller, support the buyer uh, and you know, be a, be appropriate to the the business at hand, um, but it, it it takes a lot of thought. I find it do, it does take a lot of thought, and we um, I'm finding that that is actually taking a much larger component of the contract negotiation these days as opposed to what it used to take, which is interesting because you used to spend the, the bulk of our time, particularly in share sales, but also in business sales over a particular transaction size in warranties and indemnities. Like that used to be where we spend a lot of time. Now it's almost like that bulk of time is taken out by the, the earnouts and, you know, and, and warranties and indemnities sort of sit, sit second on that, um, um, on that, you know, contract negotiation list. So anyway, that's that's how I feel it's sitting. Oh, great. Thanks for that. Huge thank you for coming on to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you, Richard. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast. We hope you're now primed for your next deal with these pointers and have enjoyed these fascinating insights. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at the Deal Room Podcast. 
Com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode, as well as access any contact details and any other additional information we referred to in today's podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with our guests today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for a link right through to them and their details. You can also book in directly with our legal legals at Aspect Legal. If you'd like to soundboard your next steps, discuss a legal question, or find out more how we can assist, whether that's with buying or selling a business, or perhaps somewhere in between. Now, don't forget to subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on your favorite podcast player to get notifications whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers, or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Every review helps our team produce valuable content for you. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 